Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. Ludo, welcome back to the podcast. You're actually the first guest I've invited back. And I feel lucky to have caught you because you're leaving QT soon, aren't you? I am. I am indeed. Um, This is, yeah, early February 2023. I will be um I'll be departing QT unfortunately and exploring a new adventure. So. Yeah. Yeah, and although I know that people will, might have listened to the episode we did together a while back because it was a while ago, would you perhaps introduce yourself again please? Yes, of course. Um so yeah, my name's Ludo Miller. Um I have been a tutor for getting on for about 7 years now in many guises for many platforms in many subjects many levels um and settled on english and maths at, at kind of 11 plus primary level and i haven't had an in-person session since the pandemic here mm. actually um no, I actually don't know if it would work yeah i don't know if it would work um anymore i think we're we're, we're very comfortable in the ways that we work now me and my students um and very fortunately i've spent some mm. months in the Caribbean recently, yes. and a month in Athens. And I'm sorry, dear parents of my tutors, <laughs> but I wouldn't have been able to do that if you'd asked for in-person sessions. And I'm not just saying that in a selfish way. I think it, it's really fed into the sessions I've had with students, feeding on, you know, the the local culture that I've lived in, and and tying in um, activities around traveling and around exploring the world and understand being able to relate some of the things I've learned while traveling back to my students. It, it sounds, you know, perhaps petty or it sounds like I'm trying to make a case for me being able to live abroad, but actually it really enriched our sessions. It made them much more exciting. My my students loved hearing about the traveling. And um, yeah. so I, I do actually think it, 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 it can assist you know, tutoring as well. But. It can. And, and, and there's nothing, I don't think it is selfish. I think, you know, you're running a business, you're, this is what you've chosen to do. And I think it's okay to do it on your terms. If you want to, travel around I'll be teaching from India in February you know we want to make it work with what we want to do Um, but diving into this session today this discussion I wanted to talk about approaching business owners selling to business owners because a lot of people in the education business space are not just you know tutors they they do other things and I know you've been extremely involved in the shaping of qualified tutors. For anyone who hasn't come across that organisation, qualified tutors, their aim, I suppose, is to raise the standards of the tuition industry. And they do it in various ways. But the people they are selling to, the people they're working with are business owners. And, you know, you've been very involved in both the shaping and the continued growth. And you're a tutor as well. So, You've had experience of both of those sides, which is why I invited you to join me in this discussion. So I wondered whether you could kick off our discussion with ways that you think we have to approach it differently when we're marketing and selling to business owners versus when we are working with consumers like parents of children who want to tutor. Yeah, um, well, exactly as you say. I uh, First, to, to start this, I have done yeah plenty of b2b business to business 
um, and B2C business to, to consumer um, selling. Um, as a tutor, you're selling yourself to the parent, to the student, um, and also at times to the agency you're working for, although that's more of a kind of um, hiring recruitment um, type of relationship rather than a selling relationship. Um, and and of course, as part of QT, we are we are selling training to tutors. And I think it's important to say that independent tutors are businesses. And so running training courses, selling training courses, running a community that has you know, paid products, that is B2B. Yeah. That is B, B2B marketing. A lot of the time people create products that they want to sell because that's something that they are good at is designing that product. And then they try and put it out there on the market and they say, this is the thing that I think is going to work and this is why you should buy it. This is why it's good from my point of view. Um, I actually think selling to businesses, B2B selling, is much more about creating that product from the other way around. Most of the time, um, unless you're creating a new market, which is obviously you know a rare and very difficult thing to do, most of the time you have to create what the market wants um, and you have to create it in a way that fits the businesses in that market. Um, and that, that, that has plenty of implications. That means you are designing a product from the, from the purchaser's point of view. If the business that you're selling to doesn't have the particular budget for the particular product you're selling them, well, then you have to create a product that will suit that budget. Um, you have to create a product that their finance team, for example, will look at and go, yep, that fits our budget and, they, and the criteria for that budget this year. We're happy to purchase that product. As QT, we've had plenty of businesses we, we talk to say, ah, oh, well, you know, we just don't have a training budget this year. So, so we, we're not in a position to purchase training for our tutors. Okay, fine. You have options when you hear that. First of all, you can say, okay, that business isn't right for my product. I'm going to try and sell my product to another business. And what you will often find is that actually that business that told you that they didn't have the product, uh, they didn't have the budget for the product is going to be quite similar to lots of other businesses. And they're each going to tell you, sorry, we don't quite have the budget for that product. So what do you do? You have to look at it from the other way around. You have to create the product that you have the expertise to create that will fit their budget. And if that means creating something that is more that is part of, let's say, the onboarding process for a tutoring company, then then that's what that's where that tutoring company is going to look at the product and go, okay, well, we already have a budget for onboarding, so that's a product that we can that we can assimilate quite nicely. And at QT, you know, we have developed a whole range of products, and we started with training courses. We now have um, skills audits, so um, online assessments that test how well a tutor knows how to tutor a particular subject. We have 360 reviews, which help a tutor to establish themselves by hearing from um, tutors, fellow, stu um, fellow tutors, parents, students, schools that they work with, creating that kind of holistic understanding of, of that tutor skills. Of course, we also have the training courses and we still have the community. So we're building this picture where tutors can represent themselves in the, in the best way possible. Um, so I, I think it's about that. I think it's about putting yourself in the shoes of the, of the purchaser, but not just that, actually being proactive in thinking, if I try and sell this product to this business, are they going to turn around and say, eh, it's not quite right for me at this point? And if they are going to do that, what will they not do that for? What product will they not turn around and say, I'm sorry, I don't have the budget for this? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that because, you know, let's say for example, you're selling to teachers. Um, maybe you're a coach, let's say, and you're selling to teachers where, you know, you're going to help them with overwhelm or to leave the profession or whatever it might be, but you're charging, let's say a thousand pounds per session. Well, 
you have to understand the mindset. It's not just about budget. It's about the mindset that they might be in. You know, when if you're in a position where you're feeling overwhelmed, you're overworking, you're burning out, you're actually putting yourself last. So why would you then spend a thousand pounds on yourself when you're already working in a culture as well, where you have to watch your pennies and, you know, so you kind of have to really understand the position they're in, but also the habits, you know, when you're thinking about marketing, so selling is one thing, you know, creating a product or a service is one thing. You then have to promote that and you have to be visible. Um, you know, for instance, business owners, you know, we tend to be more proactive in seeking support in the areas that will help us grow or solve problems. We will actually seek that support. We will search for it, whether it's a podcast, a, a YouTube video, social media, whatever. So, if we're selling to other businesses, we have to respond to that. We have to be visible in multiple places, whereas a consumer might go to one specific place and that's where they repeatedly go. Uh, maybe you have to work hard at getting in front of them. With business owners, they might look for you. So you have to be visible so that when they look, they find you. Um, so I think that, that that whole aspect of working backwards from the cu customer, from the client, it really applies to both what you're creating plus the selling plus, plus the marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I think that the, the value proposition um, has to be strong, even with B2C selling, of course, but in, in B2C selling, as you're saying, you have to be resolute enough to know that the product you create for customers is going to sell and you have to market that, that product correctly. I, I, I think I totally agree. I think B2C is more about the way you market, and B2B is about the way in you, you create and design your product. I think in B2C, you're competing against lots of other people who are selling to that consumer base and your product is likely to be quite, you know, clearly set out. And it's about the way that you differentiate yourself from other people who are selling to that consumer base. And B2B is about listening to your client um, because you're likely to have a, a bit more of a longer term relationship with, with a B2B client. Um, and, and getting that product right. And I think if the product's right in B2B marketing, it will do the majority of the marketing for you, actually. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I do agree with that. But then, but also, I think that there's also just as much often competition in the B2B world as well. So I, I agree with you that there's probably, it's more marketing heavy when you're working with consumers. But I think visibility, you know, there's there's kind of marketing visibility where there's this overlap, but also there's a slight difference as well. I think that when you're selling to businesses, it's often useful to be visible in multiple places because, you know, they're going to be proactive in trying to find you or trying to find that solution to this problem that they want to fix. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we're both saying very similar things, but there's probably different dimensions to it, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Um and I think also, you know, understanding understanding their mindset in that business owners, especially small business owners, are spinning a lot of plates. And so we've talked about the creation of the product or the service. We've talked about the marketing, the visibility. But another component is actually the sales journey. What do they need to do to start working with you? And I think that pathway needs to be really clean. It needs to be short and 
I think it's really important to manage people's expectations. Um, I remember having this chat with one of my clients um, and he was thinking of joining an agency or I, or I suggested joining an agency. And he said, oh, no, I, can't, I haven't got the energy to go through the long recruitment process. Now, I work with some agencies and I know their recruitment process isn't very long, but that's the perception he's got. So I think it's really important to manage people's expectations and communicate that, look, here's what I have. It's going to be really useful for you. Yep. You know, this is within your budget and it's really fast to get started. People want quicker, quick solutions, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that that B2B relationship is is important with that, with this kind of slightly longer term um, uh, relationship you might have with them. But actually, I, I think there are a couple of, I don't know which way to put this. I'd say there are a couple of myths that we need to bust about tutoring, but maybe they're not myths. Maybe it's mm. just that these are more traditional ways of working in other industries that I think don't apply to tutoring. Mm. Um, so for example, it, you know, if you if you're out there and you're listening to you know, marketing experts or you're you're, you're reading a, a blog by you know a marketing agency they'll often say something like you know b2c is more transactional but b2b is more um you know relationship driven but i actually i don't think that's the case with tutoring um i think that even as an agency or a tutor selling to a parent you cannot make any of it feel transactional because working with a child can't be transactional you can't have good effective tutoring sessions if it's seen as a transactional relationship um, if it's seen as um totally um seeking a practical outcome even if your kind of tutoring ethos is getting a child you know you, you say that you get 90 percent of your of your students a's or a stars or eights or nines or you know if you're out there reading blogs about marketing and b2b and b2c be careful what you read because tutoring does not function like lots of other industries and i think that's really really important to remember yeah, I, I completely agree. Tutoring is very different, as is as is every industry. They have their own kind of nuances that apply to them. If you were a hairdressing salon, for example, there are certain bits of advice that generic advice that would apply in certain ones that you really have to tailor. Um, and I think that, you know, when we're specifically focusing on selling to other businesses, like you guys, you know, qualified tutor sells to tutors. I I I work with tutors. I think that it's important to understand how people like to be sold to as well. And you might need to experiment a little bit. Um, you know, there's research out there about generational preferences as well. But I think that understanding your audience from that perspective is really key. Uh, for example, you know, I've experimented with the, with the whole call to action of, if you want to work with me, click this button or click this link or whatever. The thing that gets the most success for me, though, is just asking people to book a call with me. And when they book that call with me and we we have a conversation, they often ask questions. The answers for which are on my website. They ha haven't looked at my website. So what that informs me about, what that tells me about my audience is that they like that human connection. They see me as a fast track way of figuring out whether this thing that they're interested in is right for them or not. So I know that that is the way my audience likes to be sold to. They like to know that I'm welcoming them to a call, even though some of the things that I offer can be bought with a click of a button. But I think they feel a confidence in knowing that I'm rooting them to the right solution for them. And so, you know, that works for me. But for someone else, a click of a button might be the thing that's really appealing. Um, so I think that understanding your audience from a 
from lots of different angles is is extremely important with B2B. You know, you mentioned about understanding things like their budgetary um, restrictions or requirements or things like any trends in their budgets as well. You know, certain times of year when the new budget comes out might be where they they perhaps can make certain decisions. It's about understanding where they're going to be looking for you so that you can be visible in those right places. The sales journey, how do they like to, how fast do they need to work in order to start working with you? Or do they need a bit of handholding? Can it be automated? So I think it's understanding them from different angles. And I think that's important in general, you know, whether you're selling to businesses or consumers. I really agreed with what you said about how actually selling to anyone is relationships led because the truth is most of us are operating in crowded markets. People have options. They don't have to choose us. But I think something that can really help them make the decision whether they want to or not is by developing a relationship with them. Um, and, and I think just, just something I want to touch on and ask you about is I think there also needs to be an element of providing safety for business owners, especially small business owners, because you know, when a consumer chooses to buy something, they just have to make space to, for it to fit in their budget right then. But with business people, it's different because we're always focused on increasing our profits, on growing our business, on scaling and all these different things. We never really say right now, yep, the time has come that I'm I'm, I'm ready to reduce my profits. And so I'm going to spend money on this thing. We're never actually going to be ready to spend money as such. So I think there needs to be a safety in giving people the confidence that this isn't just spending money. This isn't an expense. This is an investment. You're going to get so much more in return. How do you guys at Qualified Tutors tackle that? Because I imagine that maybe one of the objections you might get is that, but I'm a qualified teacher. Why do I need to take a course now to to be a tutor? How do you guys navigate that? Well, um, the most obvious answer that we have to that is you never stop learning. Um, and in fact, if you are an ex-teacher, you should know that more than anyone else, is that the learning, the, the CPD journey of a professional never ends. There are always more skills that you can acquire uh, and even skills that you do have constantly need to be topped up. Yeah, I mean, your, your question is absolutely spot on. I think um, I think if you are selling to a business, a tutoring business, a tutor, and you are not thinking about how the product that you're selling to them will make them a better tutor or will make their business a better business, then you're not going to sell. Um, you're not going to sell as significantly as you would do otherwise. Um, you have to think they are going to. This is going to be an outlay for them that will affect their business profits. This has to make their business a better business, and this has to make them look better in front of the parents they work with. And I think we have we've spent three years trying to get to that point. And it's not an easy point to get to. But once you get there, that's when the sales start to roll in. Because, you know, we unless we're buying ourselves, you know, a, a nice new piece of clothing or we're buying ourselves a, a set of jammy donuts because it will make us feel good. We only spend money if it is something that's going to give us you know, a benefit in return. And I think too many B2B businesses think about their product over their purchase uh, yeah, I think that's I think what you've said is really insightful because you know, I think particularly when you're selling to small businesses or even establishments like schools where they ha- might have a tight budget or they're very judicious about where they spend that money, 
you have to create a safety. You have to make them feel secure to spend that money. You have to give them confidence. For some business owners, this is the first time they've spent any money in their business. I still remember the very first time I, I invested in my business. It was on automation. And, you know, I kept going back and forth and I was, uh, but the minute I spent that money and I realized the benefits, it was much easier to spend more because I realized how much more I was getting back in return for that money that I was spending. And I think it's helping people, it's creating that bridge between where they're at when they meet you and helping them to get to the point where they are ready to buy because there are so many different reasons why someone might be hesitant. And it really circles back to what we said at the beginning, which is that with when you're selling to businesses, you really have to have that business owner in the center of your mind when you're making any kind of decision because they are so much more involved in, in the decision-making process than let's say a parent who is saying, well, okay, I need a tutor to help my child. It might be a temporary thing or it may not be as high stakes. You know, it might be that just, you know, I need them to enjoy the subject a bit more at the moment. But they also know that if it doesn't work, then they're not going to struggle to go elsewhere and try a different tutor. In the B2B world, I think that it feels like a bigger deal sometimes when you make a decision because usually it's a commitment. It's very, it's it's not very often that as a business, you can spend money and just try it out. You know, normally you're all in. And so I think that creating that safety and making sure that you're resonating and connecting with your clients is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you're, if you're not connecting with a client and, and I think that's, you know, we're lucky that we, most of us started as educators before starting a business. So you know, we should be well versed in how to create relationships. So let's um let's you know let's be thankful for that. Let's give ourselves a pat on the back as <laughs> starting businesses because creating relationship with your client is 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 the high trust route to selling. Uh, and luckily, hopefully, we should be there kind of halfway there already. Yeah. Yeah. And and being part of an organization who does sell to tutors, much like I do, let's say, with the Tutors Mastermind, have you faced or noticed any specific challenges or trends that has really helped you understand tutors as business owners? So for anyone listening, this part of the podcast, this episode is going to be really interesting for you. If you're creating something or have created something that specifically you want to sell to other tutors, other educators, what have you noticed that is perhaps a bit different about tutor business owners that helps you connect with them to be able to sell to them? Yeah, well, I think um, that one of the biggest parts of the tutoring industry that affects sales is, is the seasonality of it. Um, tutoring work is is seasonal. It's it's tied to the academic year for, for most of the market. Um, of course, there are tutors who tutor throughout the year and who perhaps you know, their work is not tied to exam dates or exam regulations of course but a, lo a lot of tutoring work is seasonal um, and that actually means that holiday times uh, both in the UK or in the US or wherever you're selling your product to holiday times can be as good if not better times to sell to tutors there's often less actual tutoring going on and so tutors have a little bit more free time um, and often tutors consider that time, especially over the summer holidays, where there's a bit longer, as time to invest in themselves, time to invest in their own professional development. So for a tutoring business like us that sells training and sells professional development pathways to tutors, one of the patterns we've noticed is that is that the holiday periods can actually be as fruitful, if not more fruitful than than than, than term time, especially 
right in exam UK exam season in in you know May and June. That's often not a great time for uh, our courses to be running because tutors are busy helping their students. So. You know, and, and that's not something that's just related to tutoring. In whatever sector you're working in, there, there may well be, be trends. You know, the, if you work, if you're selling to, if you sell tax products or if you sell accounting products, you've been, you're going to have to be aware of the tax year or the, the financial year and when that ends and when the stresses and strains are there. Um, selling accountancy products in, in their downtime in, uh, in, in the late summer is, is not going to be a great thing to do because lots of them take time off then and, and, and they're not working then. Um, I think... You know, the second thing really is, was was kind of what I just mentioned about um, tutors. At the end of the day, are representing themselves as selling themselves to the end user, the the, the parent, um, or or the school or the agency that they're they're looking to work with. Um, and I think, you know, rightly or wrongly, private tutors most often, except perhaps on TikTok, don't market to children; they market to parents. Okay, fine. That the eventual work they do is with children. The actual relationship, the core relationship they have, is with the child. But they're not marketing to parents. If you're selling to tutors, I think that has to be your goal. Your your goal is to make them look as good as as possible in front of in front of parents. Um, but I, I kind of I kind of mentioned that already. But I think that's just as important to this part of the podcast that you were just talking about there as it is to the first part. I think the other thing that you cannot miss if you're selling to tutors at the moment is is the regulation changes. Um, these are having a very, very significant impact on the tutoring market at the moment. It's affecting the way that agencies work with their own tutors. It's affecting the way that agencies invoice and interact with parents. It's affecting the way that parents work with agency tutors. And finally, it's affecting the way that schools can can get involved with, with tutoring. So I think at a time like this with so much change going on, you have to be aware of how the changes will affect what you do. Um, so for example, for us, for qualified tutor, we've recognised that, especially at this time, there is there's what we like to call a high tutor kind of leakage. And um, that means that agencies recruit a whole bunch of tutors and within you know, two months, three months, six months, a lot of those tutors will have moved on. Either they won't have ever, ever had a tutoring job or the number of tutoring jobs they're taking with that agency will have decreased or they've just simply moved on and found better work elsewhere. I think at a time like that, if you can sell, if, if your sell as an agency is that you offer CPD and training, then that is one of the key ways to increase retention. What we have become much better at as a business over the last you know, couple of months and years is understanding an agency's recruitment and retention data and, and, and budget um, and behavior. That is one of the core places that tutors lose uh, agencies lose money is that the money they spend on recruiting tutors is lost because those tutors don't do enough or don't do any work for the agency. So we have worked hard to make our training look like a attractive option to retain tutors. Um, so again, understanding your 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 client as as much as you can. So so yeah, I, I think it's it's. We, one of the advantages of selling training to tutors is that they want it anyway most of the time the difficulty is in creating is, is in laying it out laying the table out in a way that, that that is attractive yeah I mean it has to be palatable doesn't it and I think that you know the the definition of a business is it solves a problem every business solves a problem for someone and I think that we we do have to understand who it is we're working with, but we really have to understand what problems they have, the challenges that they have, 
um, that they know they have, actually. They, they have to have identified it because, as we were saying earlier, say with qualified tutors, someone might be a qualified teacher and think, well, I don't need this. And so it's about almost educating the market, saying why this might be useful and why this might benefit and what problem you didn't know you were having, you might be having that this solves. So I think that, you know, really understanding the challenges that you are providing a solution to is really important and communicating that because going back to that principle, the business owners are proactive. We have a vested interest in improving our business from, you know, from different angles. And so if someone is presenting a solution where we think, yes, that is something I've been meaning to do, meaning to improve, or this is something I want to do, then it's already going to be a lot more appealing to them. And I think that that's the key thing is that to create desire for something, it has to be something that people feel that they need rather than, oh, well, it's a nice to have because as a business owner, we are going to be hesitant to spend money on nice to haves. We are always going to prioritize the things that we feel are going to make a tangible impact on our businesses. Yeah, totally agree, Samantha. And, and you know, the, the good thing about being a B2B is, as you say, you are also a business owner. You know, take advantage of that. Work through the own process that you would go in buying from another business to use that in your sales strategy. If you wouldn't buy from another business because you don't think they know, know enough about you or you think they approached you with the wrong proposition, then don't go to another business with the wrong proposition. Don't not have done the work to research another business's needs and desires because um, because they're going they're likely going to turn you down just like you did with with you know with the other business. So um, take advantage of the fact that you've already done a lot of the work in your sales strategy in B two B selling yourself, perhaps without even realizing that that's what you were doing. Um, I think that's one way of reducing the amount of work you need to do is actually just realizing that you yourself are a business owner. So you, 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 you have been on the other side of, of that sales um, yeah. relationship, just like, you know, when I was preparing for today's podcast, I was thinking, well, uh, I've been a host before. What, what would the host of a podcast <laughs> like to hear from a guest? Um, so, you know, we, we can, we can save time in yeah. save time and effort in in the way that we prepare our sales strategy by remembering that we ourselves have been sold to before yeah yeah that's a really really good point thank you for sharing well ludo look i'm gonna let you go you've given up so much of your time twice now twice yeah. uh nice. thank you so much for returning to the podcast and um what are your plans then are you are, can you share what your plans are after qualified tutors uh yes i can um i will be joining a, a law firm from February. So I will be doing at least a few years of uh, of law uh, in London um, and do hope very much hope one day to to return to um, the education sector. Um, I think that especially with the regulation changes I've just talked about, I think that the the law and uh, tutoring will will meet very much more than they have done uh, perhaps in, in, in the past. I think there's there's going to be a lot of work there in making sure that the tutoring industry, as it grows, as it becomes a sort of adult industry, actually um, becoming more of a professionalised industry, um, I think that, that there's going to be much more of an intersection there. So, you know, I would love to to return one day. I'm sure that's easier mm. said than done, but, um, you know, I've learned an incredible amount working with QT over the last few years. I've met 
many, many of the best um, tutors here in the UK and, and small business owners here in the UK, as well as, you know, in the US and, and, and in South Africa and in uh, where else do we work in in India as well, we, we have some some clients as well. So I've, I think I've understood the tutoring market much, much more than I ever would have done. Um, and I think that that is only going to help me to return one day in, in, in kind of whatever guise that is. Um, and of course, you know, devastated to be leaving uh, my own pod- podcast as well, the Qualified Tutor podcast. Um, but I'm sure, you know, that, that'll be um, in very safe hands when I leave um, as well. So, yeah, thank you so much, Samantha, for, for inviting me back on. Um, Oh, absolute pleasure. Ludo Miller, remember his name. He's going to end up being the go-to legal expert in the education business world. (laughs) (laughs) You've set me up to fail there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, good luck and all the best with with your endeavours. I'm so glad that I managed to catch you for this episode. Uh, Thank you for coming back on for the second time and sharing so much of your experience. And I'm sure you will keep in touch with all of us here in the education business world because you've been such a central figure. And so, you know, you're so widely known because you're you're so generous with your knowledge and your time. So thanks so much, Ludo. And I hope to speak to you very soon. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.